podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Here, we love talking about everything Batman. The BatmanUniverse.net has news, original content, and reviews about Batman comics, movies, TV shows, video games, and more. Check out the BatmanUniverse.net and join our Discord server to start chatting with fellow fans. We can't wait to talk to you guys. Also, visit our Patreon page and join our other awesome supporters. But enough of this nonsense. On with the show. Hello and welcome to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast, Season 15, Episode 18. Well, this is Ian. And this is Theo. And we are sadly absent of staff. She is not feeling well, so send prayers and friendly thoughts her way. We had solicitations dropping this month for the final month of the year, plus the first week or two of January. But there's really nothing new coming for the Batman Universe. Um, if you're happy with where the bat books are going then you'll probably continue to be happy if you're feeling something's missing then you'll still feeling something's missing i personally am expecting slash hoping some exciting stuff for batman's 85th anniversary and the 30th anniversary of nightfall but dc has kept quiet about any such plans but it kept quiet about the superman death of superman and return of superman 30th anniversary stuff uh for quite a while so i wouldn't expect it until they're ready to release it. I do want it, though. I love Nightfall. The heyday we... of comic writing. That's right. The Denny O'Neill bad office, man. Nothing like it since. Really hasn't been. There have been some good times, but nothing like what Denny was able to produce with his team. All right, we got a bunch of issues to get through because we're still going through Gotham War. <laughs> so let's get started. First issue up is Catwoman number 57, Gotham War Part 3, written by Teeny Howard, art by Nico Leon. Batman attacks Vandal Savage in his house, but Vandal reveals he legally owns Wayne Manor. Bruce mourns at his parents' grave and vows to save his family. Catwoman watches him, telling her second-in-command, Marquise, she's worried about Batman. She scolds her troops for foolishness the night Batman attacked. Red Hood arrives, and the Catwoman orders him to train her thieves to steal cars at tonight's gala. Batman plans to save Jason, quote-unquote save, but is contacted by the Riddler, who gives him the location of Catwoman's plan at the gala. Batwoman attacks Red Hood at the gala, and Jason leads him away. Catwoman watches the ballet, then leads her team in pickpocketing the audience. Bruce captures and drugs Jason. At the ballet, Dick finds Selina and tries to remind her that she shouldn't be fighting the Bat family she loves. 
He leaves, and Selina finds herself dancing with Vandal Savage, who warns her that he's coming to take over. Jason wakes up and demands to know what Bruce has done to him. Selina desperately searches for Jason. Surprise! Marquise is actually Scandal Savage, Vandal's daughter, doing her father a favor by spying on Catwoman. So first questions first. Uh, did you read Gail Simone's Secret Six before the New 52? No. You should check it out. It's one of her best works and has some great Bane and uh, other characters uh, in addition to her original characters like Scandal Savage and Jeanette Silver Banshee, I want to say her name was. But anyway, Scandal Savage is from that run and looks like Teeny Howard decided to pick her up. However, <clears throat> this is the opposite of what Gail Simone would have done with Scandal Savage. Scandal Savage was not at all interested in doing favors for Vandal Savage. So, like every character that Teeny Howard picks up from other better runs, it's another example of complete ineptness and idiocy. We are at the halfway point in Gotham War. Do you feel like you have a sense of where the story's going? <laughs> uh, ask me next, next episode, and I'll probably have a better answer. Yeah, I mean, this whole Scandal Savage thing kind of comes out of nowhere, plus what Bruce... Like, Bruce kidnapping Jason, did you expect that? No. No, that came out of nowhere for me, so I'm kind of like, I have no idea what's happening now. Yeah, it, nothing makes sense. And and like I said, ask me next episode, and some stuff still won't make sense, but it'll make a little bit more sense. But I probably will still feel the same way, which is really... Lost and confused. Do you think that Vandal Savage being set up in Detective Comics by Ram V was intended to set this plotline up in Gotham War? Or do you think Vandal Savage will also show up in Detective Comics? I don't know if he's going to show up in Detective. Um, but yes, there, there, there was definitely some foretelling in detective it doesn't it doesn't make it doesn't make me feel all that better about detective detective still is what it is uh, but yeah it does set it up yeah it's it's kind of weird because i was expecting rom v to be the one to use vandal savage but it looks like instead it's going to be zadarsky and teeny howard that does indicate that editorial is working hard just not necessarily approving the right plot lines. Nope. All right. Any other comments on this issue before we give it a rating? Nothing I want to air. <laughs> okay, so uh, what would you give Catwoman number 57 out of five drugged red hoods? Huh? Out of five, wait, five what? Drugged red hoods. Okay, you said that too fast. It sounds like something else. Um, oh, dear. Um, I will, because of the scandal reveal, I will give it a 2.5. I'm hovering between a 2.5 and a 3, because this, the fact that it went in an unexpected direction was, that's why at it's the higher. very least, interesting. Yeah, that's why it's higher for me, because of... Because of the reveal. 
It's still really dumb. I think I'm going to have to give it a three because that unexpectedness was, it, it was something I wasn't expecting. And, and it's not like a bad something I wasn't expecting. So I mean, that gives us a, an average of 2.75 for Catwoman number 57. Wait, now that's your yours and mine. Uh, what did Jamie give it? Jamie Jamie really liked it. He gave it a three point seven. Oh, okay. On the so site. TBU review a three point seven bumps the average to a three point oh seven overall. All right, let's but, yeah. move to our next issue. Better than better than previously. Definitely better. Yes, than... it was definitely better than uh, Battle Lines. <laughs> oh, but that's a very low bar. So true. I mean, I think I gave Battle Lines a zero. That's how angry I was at just how bad it was. All right, so let's move to Batman, Catwoman, Gotham War, Red Hood, number one. Batman, Catwoman, Gotham War, Red Hood, number one. Written by Matthew Rosenberg. With art by Nicola Chismishia. I hope we say that right. We apologize to all our Croatian listeners. Two weeks ago, Catwoman saves one of Joker's former henchmen from Red Hood's interrogation. She invites him to the meeting in battle lines, promising him friends in his war against the Joker. In the present, Red Hood trains criminals Bash and Simpson in Catwoman's organization, telling them he thinks the idea is a bad one and he will kill them if they screw up. After weeks of brutal training, he takes the two to a bar and demands to know where the Joker is. When they don't tell them what he wants to know, he forces them to take a beating from the bikers in the bar. Catwoman arrives and angrily tells Jason they need to send them on a heist. That night, Scarecrow appears in Bash's apartment and doses him with fair toxin. The next day, Jason sends Bash and Simpson on the job. But Bash screws up, alerting the guard. Jason talks the guard down. But Bash knocks the guard out and tries to shoot him, triggering a furious beating from Jason. At Selena's headquarters, Jason clashes with Dario, then fights with Selena as he criticizes her plan. He runs off to find Bash and finds Stephanie Brown in his apartment looking over a murdered bash with the words get your own toys red hood written in blood so first question is when do you think this story happens in the uh gotham war timeline definitely after battle lines and before before catwoman maybe well, that makes the most sense because Batman capturing Jason yeah, and right. then doing something to him doesn't seem to give Jason like Jason would be in a different state of mind if he were captured by Batman, you know, but it's weird because they released this the week after Catwoman. So that that just seems like poor planning by editorial. But what else is new at this time? Not the first time. Just wait till Batman comes out. How does this issue compare to the Batman and Catwoman issues? We're not even going to talk about Battle Lines because it's obviously better than that pile of flaming trash. Um, it's in the middle. So obviously not as good as Batman, but definitely better than Catwoman. Uh, 
what I think I appreciate most is that by the end of the story, and, and, it, and I hope this doesn't flow too much into your next question, but what I appreciate is how we really see a side of Jason that I think definitely needs to be explored more. I think it's been forgotten over the years. The The idea of this is still a, a traumatized kid, you know, who, who was brought back from the dead, who never truly faced everything that someone who's murdered and then comes back have to deal with you know he's still on this mission to find joker and ultimately is ready to kill him you know despite being the bad you know he 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 he, he plans on doing just that and i really enjoyed that story and wish they explored more yeah um i think what you say about where this takes place in the timeline makes the most sense uh, and i think on twitter rosenberg has said that it takes place a couple days before Catwoman. So that means that the whole story is probably going to be very short. Well, I think, um, I, I think, I think the other thing that is quite interesting, and you've said this a few times on the cast and in the server is how Rosenberg seemed to have been leading Jason down this road and some of the other Jason stories that he has. That he absolutely. Has and it, it all seems to culminate and not culminate here. And, and I appreciate that. I, I think that it's really cool how Rosenberg has kind of unofficially been writing a Red Hood solo for about two years. And it's very cool to see that character consistency throughout Rosenberg's writing of Jason. So I appreciate that a lot, too. And I think it makes sense. Uh, I like that exploration of Jason. Does this first part feel like it's essential to the Gotham War storyline? No, at least not now. I think I ultimately wonder if it's setting up something else. Because again, you talked about how all these various stories he's written over the past few years seem to be one big Jason story. <laughs> but I'm, if, if it's not, within the walls of within the realm of Gotham war and him tailoring it to fit into the narrative. It doesn't mean this story can't be told somewhere else because of the ultimate, the ultimate narrative of the fact that Jason still has Joker issues. You know, that doesn't have to be told in the Gotham war in order to be a good story it could probably yeah it almost feels like it could be a standalone just set yeah. in the time period of gotham war yep and i like that since i hate gotham war so do you think that this scarecrow plot where scarecrow's meddling with selena's thief's guild will play into the main storyline because we know scarecrow's involved because he was in that he i couldn't remember if, villains yeah I, I couldn't remember if he was in the meeting of villains or not he was. but um I mean, we all know that we all know that you know the 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 rogues are plotting against Selena for what she's done. So as they would, I mean, that's the big thing that I just did not buy about Battle Lines is that it's been eight weeks and none of the major villains have done anything. That's just very implausible to me. Yeah, just weird. I also really liked Jason at the end of this issue 
just lays into Selena for her plan, which I thought was <laughs> the the way they laid out the the quote unquote sides in the first issue was so clumsy. Selena was obviously the noble and righteous com- crusader, and she says that Batwoman needed to have compassion to solve the problem. And I'm like, Batman is incredibly compassionate. Shut up. But this one actually says, no, you are giving unrepentant murderers, people who willingly chose to work for the Joker and Scarecrow and Riddler, people who tortured other people for their money and for fun. You're giving them a second chance that they have in no ways earned and you have no way of guaranteeing that they will not just start running their own little side. You might be creating your new scarecrows and new jokers. So I really appreciate this issue for actually giving a real critique of Catwoman's plan that was desperately needed in the first issue. Yeah, it, it was it was really good, I, I, especially compared to the other stories. I really I really enjoy it. This makes a whole lot more sense of a story if we would like to compare it with what's what happened in what happened in Night Terrors, where they just stuff just made absolutely no sense and was done without. You know what I mean? Yeah, they just kind of went forward, and I was like, "Wait, why does the night? What's the difference between these two stones? How yeah. do they work? I don't get it." Yeah, it was this one. This one again. While it could be a standalone story, it could definitely, you know, it it definitely fits in better as a tie-in for sure. All right. Any other thoughts before we give uh, Red Hood number one our rating? No. Okay, so out of five biker bruises, what would you give this first issue of the Red Hood tie-in? I will give it a 3.25. All right, I give it a 3.75. I really appreciated a lot of what Rosenberg was doing, and I really like the art. Uh, Nicola, she's Miss Jew, just really fun and he's been really fun on twitter and instagram so check out his his work you missed it already i did (laughs) i'm not croatian okay uh do we have a tbe review yes scott gave it scott gave it a three but he but his score was really he was really high on the art he was not crazy about the story i mean if you look at it in terms of it's still part of Gotham War, I can understand that. The Gotham War's mm-hmm. setup is stupid as all get out. That yeah. gives us an average of 3.33 overall. Yeah, he only gave it a 2 for right. Wow, that's quite low. Yeah. I did see some other people giving it a low score, so Scott's not alone. It, and, and, and granted, I'm not saying this for, you know, speaking for Scott, but after Battle Lines, I just think there's going to be some negative bias no matter what i think very deservedly so battle lines is a teeming pile of rash hey you got a second the batman universe is looking for batman fans with something to say if you're interested in writing reviews of your favorite batman books or you want to contribute original content with articles like the top 10 forgotten Batman villains or why dead Didio's exit from DC was the worst thing to ever happen, then we want to invite you to join our TBU staff family as a writer. Just reach out to our email, tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net, and let us know that you want to become one of our writers. 
It's that easy. And honestly, there's no reason not to. You get exclusive access to our TBU staff Discord server. You get early access to comics. And you meet a lot of cool people. What are you waiting for? Email us at tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net and let us know that you want to become one of our writers. And that brings us to our last issue, not connected to uh, Gotham War at all, but it is Detective Comics number 1074. Out of Hell, Part 1. Written by Ramvi. Art by Dustin Nguyen. We begin as the police collect statements from low-level criminals in the aftermath of an explosive Batman attack. But the Dark Knight isn't himself. Commissioner Rene Montoya is troubled and has Batman followed by Detective Fielding from Batman's Secret Files number one, The Nature of Fear, by Ram V as well. In Batman's mind, he's a boy again, talking to his father Thomas on a bridge. Thomas tells his son about his own father and about valuing the small things. Bruce finds himself a man again, and Thomas tells him to run, fading to a skull devoured by a building-sized wolf. Detective Fielding interrogates Killer Croc, who says Batman is indeed not himself, and that Shavad and the Orgum troops are searching for the Bat as well. They end up at the old Haley's Circus, on fire. In flashback, Bruce tells Dick that he bought Haley's Circus so Dick would have a place to return to. But Dick falls into the building-sized wolf's jaws, too. Batman finds himself in Crime Alley. The wolf stalks him. And the demon Barbados says that only Bruce can stop the wolf. Actually, an asthma demon. But Barbados can hold him off. Detective Fielding and his partner Nash head towards Crime Alley. As Fielding realizes the pattern of Batman connected to the Wayne family. Uh, first question. What actually happens in this issue? <laughs> Batman beats up some people. Batman gets. Is it just me or does nothing really happen? Batman gets gets glowy eyes and Barbados comes back again. And apparently the Bat God isn't as strong to stop the asthma demon, which I find to be quite odd. Um, Dustin wins back, so that's a good day. Yeah, that was actually my other question. (laughs) I am a huge fan of Dustin Wynn, of course, as a illustrator and cover artist for Stephanie Brown's Batgirl run for its second year. Of course, he has a huge place in my heart, and I've gotten to meet him a couple times, and he's really friendly. And his art's fantastic. It's got a great sketchy and watercolor feel to it. He's actually tightened up the art a lot for this issue, which is kind of cool. He did such a wonderful job with Paul Dini on uh, Detective Comics in Heart of Hush, and then he went on to work with Dini in Streets of Gotham. And this is all in the Batman Reborn era, just before Batman uh, rebooted in the New 52. So Dustin Nguyen has a rich, powerful history as a Batman artist and Bat family artist. And this issue doesn't disappoint at all. Like the images of the huge wolf and Haley Circus and all that stuff is really great. What do you think about Batman seeing these classic images of his past as he's running from the asthma in his mind. No true thought other than it goes to show what motivates him still. You know, all these things that have happened over the course of 85. 
um, plays a plays an important part. So it it it, it, it truly makes him who he is. I think it's well done. I think the writing is good, and of course the art is really evocative. It feels like a bit of a crutch or a cliche, because we've seen it so often, and I don't really see Ramvi bringing a whole lot new to it. Given that Ramvi's idea of bringing something new is sometimes making Raz al Ghul a henchman instead of a leader... I'm not necessarily complaining that this isn't something new, but it still feels like this entire issue is vamping or or just decompressed to hell. There, I'm serious. It does not feel like anything of importance happened. Uh, but that's been that's been the story of Detective since Rombie's run. Nothing of importance has happened. You know, th- th- nothing's happened that has set this book on fire. Well, that's for sure. I mean. There's one thing to not really care about what's happening. Like, I do not care about this Orgum family and their battles with people in the past and people in the future. I don't care about them. But stuff was happening. This one, it doesn't feel like anything's happening. It takes place over the course of less than an hour, and the characters do not progress. No change in state happens. Yeah, it. it I mean, this run has been, and this is strictly Theo's opinion, um, this this run has been mediocre at best and and maybe i'm maybe i'm spoiled by the greatness of tamaki's run but man i was expecting so much from rom v after catwoman and it's just been meh at best yeah it's odd because i know some some readers are really enjoying it but i'm struggling to see why i I mean as i said i'm in i feel like i'm enjoying it most of the people on the cast but it's still it frustrates me when there's a whole issue where nothing happens i mean great art but i'm not i'm not here for buying connective tissue to things that don't seem to matter so let's move on to the backup so this is, again, by Dan Waters. Uh, the title is called The Ten-Eyed Man in the Hole in the Skull of the World. Art is by Hayden Sherman. We begin as Ten-Eyed Man sits on the rooftops in the rain, trying to figure out what is happening. His normal pizza place was closed, and he accidentally drills a hole in the pizza man's head. Taking Pizza Man to the hospital, Ten-Eyed Man accidentally stops a mentally ill nurse from murdering many babies with ricin poison. Captured and put in jail, Ten-Eyed Man is interrogated by Montoya, who trades a pizza for information, and Ten-Eyed Man disappears from the cell. We see him again on the rooftops, this time happily eating his pizza that he was seeking all along. How does this story connect to the main story? I I don't know. I, I I will admittedly say I got halfway through it and I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> I'm going to guess you weren't a big fan of Arkham Asylum, The Order of the World. No. <laughs> I wasn't either, but I actually enjoyed this story, probably because it was short. I didn't, wa- I didn't enjoy reading six issues of Ten-Eyed Man, but ten pages of Ten-Eyed Man I could swallow. And so the way this story connected for me is that Montoya is clearly troubled about Batman. She's seeking what's wrong with Batman. So that, to me, is the connection between the main story, where Batman, of course, is being possessed by an Asmodemon demon and fighting the Orgums, um, and this story. I, to be 
up front, even though it doesn't have Dustin in art. Like uh, Travis Sherman's art's fine, but it's not Dustin Wen. Because Dustin Wen, to me, is one of those A-listers. He's up there with Jorge and Dan Mora. He's he's a he's a mountaintop artist to me. But this was this was much more fun to read than the main story because it has a beginning, middle, and end. Ten-Eyed Man isn't a fun character for me, but there's humor in his obsession with the pizza. And I appreciate that he saves a bunch of little babies. Like that's actually a good thing. So it's not him just like randomly murdering people for their body parts. Like he did for all the friggin' six issues of Arkham city order of the world. Also by Dan waters, which is why I bring it up. I will say he did a good job of, of keeping the voice that Rombi gave tonight, man. And knows, few panels that he appeared in in the main story so yeah i <clears throat> i'm not digging rom v's run as much but i do appreciate that he's very collaborative he's working very closely with his backup writers and if we're right that he was actually setting up vandal savage for chip zadarsky he was working really closely with batman and catwoman as well so that i appreciate his team spirit even if i don't dig what he's doing personally now is it now did Waters I, I'm I'm not totally familiar with the origins of Ten Eye Man. I'm not an expert either. Uh, I just I just read part of the the, the Arkham City Order of the World miniseries. So mm. all I know about him is really from there. Google is your friend. <clears throat> Any last thoughts about either the main story or the backup before we give it a rating? Uh, Frank Robbins. So from oh, he's been around Longer than I expected. That's a long time. Yeah. Frank Robbins would be 60s or 70s, right? Seven, November 1970. Yeah. That's that's a... I've been actually doing some deep dives into Batman history on DC Universe, reading about Batman of All Nations and Man of Bats. And some of these guys go back 70, 75, 80 years. Those stories are terrible. <laughs> it's very disappointing. Don't talk, but, about, don't talk about Man of Bats like that. No, no, Man of Bats is my favorite. That's why I was reading his origin. But his origin story sucks. I just like him in the modern day. Did you not see how Raven Red kicked ass over messing with his daddy? Raven Red is amazing. Man, I love those two. They're they're my guys. They're my guys on Batman. I love them so much. Oh, he's such a good dude. And I I was so upset when I thought he was dead. I was so glad he's not. We need to do okay, a last thoughts? one day. <sighs> I miss him already. All right. So what do you give Detective Comics 1074 out of five huge wolves? Two and a half. I, I, I just I have no clue where this is going right now. And, and it continues to be a task for me to read, which is not good for the home team. No, not on one of the main books. I gave it a 3.5, but that's largely because of the art and the fact that I enjoyed the backup. So if I were just rating the main story with a different artist, it'd you know, probably be like a 2. You know, you're probably right. It, 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 I, I didn't give as much credit to the art that I should, being that it's Dustin Wentz. So I will, I will go with a 3. Okay. So that gives, and I wrote the review for the site, so it's just two of us. So that gives us a 3.25 as a rating for Detective Comics 1074. That brings us to the end of our reviews. So let's move on to Greater Gotham. Nightwing 
Number 106. Thumbs up. Actually a good story. This is. It was a good backup too. This is a thumbs up for me too. Wait, 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 wait. Something's wrong with my headphones. I'm hearing. Wait. Wait. Repeat that again, Ian. I'm sorry. I am giving a Tom Taylor comic a thumbs up. (laughs) There's going to be a lot of bleeping on this. Yeah, Steph, you got to do some bleeping or cutting out or something. What the? Wow. It has Stephanie Brown in it. And she's hilarious. So 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 is this so is this simply because of the backup story or was there elements of the main story that you enjoyed also? I kind of am intrigued by the bee being a pirate thing. I think it's an interesting idea. I, I was happy to see Bee again. She looks nice. Yes, if I was a comic. Um <laughs> but I actually I I laughed a good bit at the backup story. The art was great. Oh man, Sarah Jacuna is one of my favorites. The art was great. I really enjoyed his take on Cass. You know, you know how you jump yeah, at Cass and Dick's relationship with the fighting was great. You 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 know how you jump at Steph. I jump at Cass. I mean, she she was feminine yet muscular at the same time and it was just the action between her and Dick was just bam, bam, bam. And then them going through what seemed like a college course on making pancakes was just so awesome. And Hatch has got to be, that was his name, Hatch or Hitch, whatever his name was, has got to be one of the dumbest criminals ever. <laughs> to have to go take a piss right when Steph is walking. I mean, he basically figured out that they were hiding something, and right when the something happens, he has to take a piss. So that, that was, was really funny. That was really funny, but it was a great. I I I I I have I enjoyed the initial whole story earlier in Taylor's run, so it's good to see that come back. Um. And again, it's good to see B again, also because she was she was the one character. She got the shaft. Yeah, she was the one character from Uberic that I really wanted to see stick around. You know, despite most of us being Dick Babs for life, I would have enjoyed seeing the, the ups and downs that the relationship between Rick now Dick would have had with B, you know, with, you know, him remembering and having all of Rick's memories, but they obviously would have had conflicts between Dick's memories and feelings as well. So that would have just been an interesting story to see how that relationship developed or regressed. But backup story was better for me. Yep. No, no complaint. No, uh, Disagreement for me. Just mark this day down in history. We will never have it again. I mean, if if we keep having Steph in the backups and it keeps having Sarah Jacuda on the art, it might it might indeed happen. Uh, Gargoyle of Gotham number one. Remind me, is this the Raphael Grandpa or the uh, Christian Ward one? This is Raphael Grandpa. Christian Ward is okay. next month. Uh, it is a it's a neutral. Um, only because I'm waiting to see what 
issue two has from a story aspect. Um, again, I'm not, I am not a huge expert, so I will always have somewhat of a bias against the art style uh, of the story. So I really didn't hold that in, you know, I really didn't hold that against it because again, that's the personal bias, but I, I'm, I'm waiting to see what's next coming at the coming, coming into from issue into issue two. I'm going to give it a neutral. I did like the art, but the writing, like, a, like so many artists who become writers, it's so basic and it just feels like I've seen it all before. It was missing something. It, it, it just, I don't know what it was. Like an interesting new idea. Yeah, it, it was missing something, like I said, and, and that's why I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to see what issue two holds before I can truly say this has, this has legs. And I'm being fair only because I've already read City of Madness. Sorry, guys, Virgin Ears. And I really enjoyed that, you know, and that's another cartoonist, you know, cartoonist type person being an artist and a writer at the same time. So um, I will hold off final judgment on Gargo of Gotham until the second issue. White Knight presents... Generation Joker number five, and I'm abstaining because I didn't. I'm still not caught up. Uh, still a thumbs up for me. I, I, the ending was somewhat of a shock. Seeing what happens at the end, and not only do I have to respect Steph Virginiers, even though she's away and may not have read it, I gotta respect Ian's as well since he hasn't read it. Batman: The Brave and the Bold thumbs number down, five. Thumbs down. <laughs> All the way down, even though even though the Joker story is back, whatever. This is a neutral for me. I still this book is a slog for me to read, partly because I think the stories are too long. It is the equivalent of two full issues plus two full backups. That's a lot to read all at once. The individual stories aren't super bad, but they also are not super good. And none of them, to me, justify collection as a whole so it's a neutral for me it doesn't make me mad yet but i'm still just looking at this book and saying you don't need this book guys the penguin number two <laughs> um thumbs up I, I, i'm going to be fair and it so i didn't read killing time so i don't know the entire gist of what happened you know, but as a standalone, even not knowing those events, I enjoyed it, especially seeing how Oswald slowly but surely set the help up. This is this is a neutral for me. It's really well done. I like the art a lot. I like the construction, but it is a nasty little story. And I I don't like villain books for this reason. It just is so nasty. And I know that's the point. So I'm not saying it's bad. I just can't really give it a thumbs up, even though it is well done. So I'll give it a, a neutral. If a villain book is your type of thing, this is a well done villain book. <clears throat> Spirit World number five. I'm also abstaining on this. So Theo, take it away. This is a thumbs down. This is the first time I've given it a thumbs oh, really? down that I can remember. The writing just 
the writing just wasn't there for this issue, and this is the penultimate. So you 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 kind of should be wrapping up. Expect yeah, and I just I just didn't feel it, and I I know Jamie who reviewed it, he didn't. He kind of felt the same way that the writing just wasn't there for this issue, but um, you know I've I've always been a neutral or thumbs up person for this this miniseries, but this one this issue just for a penultimate issue it just it did it did not do it. it makes me wonder how how she's gonna bring it to the to a close come issue six. Uh, okay. We're wrapping up with two episodes of Wayne Family Adventures, numbers 102 and 103, titled Bad Day and Personal Growth. Okay, I need to be reminded. I don't know if I caught up to these yet. Well, the first one is about Alfred being sick and the Bat Family makes him soup. Yep, uh, and... I'm abstaining. Okay. So, <laughs> as per usual, these are a thumbs up for me. Um, very sweet. Still really enjoying the art. Um... And personal growth actually has a huge continuity reference way back to um, if you've bought the first volume of Wayne Family Adventures. This is actually a sequel to one of the stories in that. So it's more than just one-off stories now. There's actually continuity between episodes. So very cool stuff. I, I do um, enjoy that Wayne Family Adventures has, has been so well received that of all of the DC webtoons that have been put out is the only one still going. Well, I will say, I was reading some Marvel Unlimited Infinity comics last night, and number one, I don't understand what Marvel's doing. Marvel really should be putting these at least either on webtoons or tappy tunes or something. Um, but also, they need to hire webtoons artists. They they hire non-webtoons artists, and it's not a great idea. Well, that... To do all that would mean Marvel would have to spend money, and they're not. They're doing barely that. spending any money on this they're, stupid program. They're not doing that. They're they're making they're making cuts to cuts. They're cutting the cuts. That's how much cutting they're doing. Yeah, they really are. I think they. I think I saw a story that Disney's trying to dump ESPN and ABC. Which is weird to me. Isn't ESPN one of the only things that's actually like turning a profit? Well, if, if it's turning a profit. Finally, it's only because of all the people you've let go. <laughs> okay, I mean, I'm not a watcher, so I don't know. <clears throat> no, they've 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 let go a ton of their high contract people. You know, so most of the commentators in the hall are, um, you know, those who recently retired, so they can kind of get them cheap. I mean, you still have the, the Joe Bucks and Troy Aikmans for Monday Night Football, but um, yeah. They they they've cut a lot of pork at ESPN. So if it's if it's turning a profit, it's not because of revenues. It's because of money they're saving on contracts. Uh, I mean, I cannot say this is a bummer, but it's a bummer for the people who are losing their jobs. Duh. Let's move to our bat fan appreciation. It's done. So uh, our thanks to the following patrons. Thank you to Lisa Slack. Hey. Donovan Morgan Grant, DMG, Donnie McCloskey, and Ian Miller. That's me. Oh, well, you get nothing. That's great. Well, I get to be on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And actually, hopefully, other folks will be on the podcast soon. But that's a different story. Join Patreon to find out. Stay tuned. Uh, Jessica Morales. Hi, Jessica. Joshua Lappin Bertoni. I got to come up with some good initials for Josh. JLP. JLB. 
Yeah, Thea. Add grouse. Hola, add grouse. You still there, Theo? Yeah, I said something. Oh, I missed it. David Richards. Hola, Missy David. Rob O. Rob O. Tim Drake, man. Cap- yeah, Captain America. That Marvel guy is still hanging around. I got to bar his show one day, though. Donald Townsend. <laughs> I'm good. That was fun. Thank you, Daryl. <laughs> I got to meet Captain America one day. Seventy Mounts, we miss you. Get well soon, staff. Because you're so Caspian much you're, you're so much better than, than I. <laughs> Caspian seventy three. Yay, Caspian! And a big thank you and warm welcome to our new patron, Brendan Roberts. Hola, newbie. Welcome to the family. Thank you all. Thank you all so much for supporting us and helping us to keep our big library of podcast episodes and reviews on the site so that anyone can binge listen to all of our history of the Bat Family and our various reactions and reviews. You make it possible for us to keep doing this, and we really appreciate it. And be on the lookout because their new Patreon tier is coming, so join the family. Join oh, the yeah. Family. Join the family. Get that the brings family. us to the end of our episode. I hope you've enjoyed it, and until next time, this is Ian. A moment of silence for our step until she comes back next episode. Thank you. And this is Dia. Thanks for listening, <laughs> and we'll see you next time. <laughs>